You're listening to Get Your Shit Together with Adina and Diane, a digestible health and fitness show for women. Real quick, the content of this podcast is intended for general information only and is not medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Chat with your healthcare provider before making changes. Okay? Okay, cool. I think they got it. Let's jump right into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Get Your Shit Together podcast. Diane, it is so good to see your face and hear your voice. What is going on in (laughs) Michigan? It's so good. Spring is springing over here in Michigan, and I just put my my sons, my fur babies, down for a nap. So excited to dig in and to record with you. It's been a minute. We last recorded and kind of batch recorded our first few episodes at the beginning of this year. So we're super excited to dig in. Yeah. Okay. A few things. First of all, were you saying so good, like from Happy Endings? <laughs> yes. Which that show, oh, R.I.P. It's it was a fantastic show and it just did not get the love that it deserves. But I think it is still available on Amazon Prime if you are looking for something light and funny. I feel like if you liked New Girl. Yeah, I was going to say that one. That is kind of in a similar vein. Yeah, it's like a friendshipy comedy that just not enough people watch. But yeah, when they do that, like, Sagat, Sa, Sakiat, Sa. Who's your favorite character? Penny was probably mine. Okay, I'll tell you what I love about Penny. And I think it's to the actress's credit. That character could have been terrible. And she is so funny. Like, I I love her. But I love Max the most, I think. Um, Max. You sound like you're from the Midwest. Well, that's how he says it. <laughs> um, <laughs> biak, piak, sneak. Yeah, my sneak and my biak, piak with my salad. <laughs> Are you offended? <laughs> no, I have, I have retained some of my Virginia Beach accent. My best friend from Virginia might disagree, but I still say y'all. But other than that, yeah, the, the nasally can come out a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, New Jersey's not any better. We got some, <laughs> we got some stuff. Um, Stickers. Yeah, so Catholics. on that, spring has sprung around here too. I'm hoping that you can't hear the grass trimmer that is outside my wim- window trimming away on that grass. But... Sometimes I think that my neighbors or just people in general in the summertime just go back and forth using their leaf blower like for hours on end. Yeah, it's like leaf blower, lawnmower, leaf blower, lawnmower. And they're just trying to ruin my life. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they're doing. All right, so let's jump into our little segment we like to call What Are We Consuming? Where we talk about things we're watching and things we are eating. Yeah, what you eating over there? I know some things you've been cooking up or some desserts. Churning, churning up. Churning. So on our last episode, I talked about the blue marble ice cream that we were eating. But since then, I have regularly been meal prepping our ice cream at home. And we're actually going to get into this a little bit on this episode, just a little sneaky peeky. And obviously, if you saw the title of this episode, you know we are talking all about skin today. And... I know dairy can come up a lot. We are going to do an entirely separate episode on dairy because I think there's a lot to break down and people have a lot of questions about dairy, Um, but we will touch on it a little bit today. And as a part of my story, I used to be a little bit scared of dairy because I thought it was part of what was flaring my eczema, which we're going to get into a little bit later. However, I have since healed my gut 
balanced my hormones, boosted my metabolism. And yeah, dairy is now a really supportive, nourishing part of my diet. And so we've been doing a lot of grass-fed whole milk and grass-fed cream around here. And I have been making the most delicious vanilla ice cream. And here is how it goes. First of all, I joke that this recipe is basically an omelet because it has 10 eggs. <laughs> Neil was like, wait, is this a custard? He saw the ingredient list because I'm going to make it yeah. later today. Um, yeah, literally 10 eggs. Like I put 10 eggs in it. So I put 10 egg yolks in a bowl with a cup of sugar and I whisk it up. More accurately, Minnie whisks it up. That's her favorite part to participate in. Um <laughs> So she whisks up those eggs with the sugar, and then um, in a saucepan, I heat up the grass-fed cream and the grass-fed milk, and when it is hot, I temper the eggs with it, so just pour in a little bit, whisk it up, pour in a little bit, whisk it up so that it doesn't cook the eggs, it just warms them, and it is a custard. It's like a really custardy ice cream. Um, Creamy. mm, Super creamy. So I heat that up, and then I put it back in the pan for a little bit, add some vanilla extract, or you can do vanilla beans, and then cool that off and then pour it into my ice cream maker which if you do not have an ice cream maker highly highly recommend it and okay, wait can you make this without one of those ice cream makers like can i just pour this into a container let it set so yes but it won't be as like it won't be a churned ice cream you know like the ice cream maker mm. churns it that's part of the well, whole. i guess i'm going to the store today yeah i mean why don't you have an ice cream maker like that's that's it because we have like every other gadget is the problem yeah so i'm not such a kitchen gadget person but if you really understand the nutrient benefits of ice cream and you start to understand how wonderful of a food it is to include on such a regular basis then an ice cream maker can be key because now you can control the ingredients and really make it the most nutrient dense that it can be nutrient-dense ice cream like me from a few years ago childhood diane certainly is like what mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> right I, blow my mind that's why like you know people are gonna tell you like oh yeah don't eat that ice cream late at night don't eat that ice cream but i actually tell my clients to eat ice cream as a bedtime snack because it can be so supportive of getting those stress hormones down and helping you get to sleep um provided it looks something like that and not say i don't know the superman ice cream or the kind that used to come in a bucket that we would get for like kid birthday parties Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah the opposite red handle yes and the opposite end of that too is like halo top or something where it's just like junk like uh just water yeah and like junky oils and inflammatory ingredients so yeah Whole food, nutrient-dense ice cream, super supportive of getting those stress hormones down and making you feel wonderful. And again, we'll talk about the skin benefits shortly, but what are you consuming, Diane? Oh, we've been kind of on autopilot with some of our meals here, and Sweet Neil has been doing Meals by Neil on the weekend. That's at least what I call it. That should be his Instagram. (laughs) Yes, really helping out. We, we, why does it? Neil made (laughs) these burgers this past weekend and we had a lot of different things that were almost empty in our fridge a lot of condiments so he used up some gochujang I may have said that wrong (laughs) some of our sweet chili sauce he added some leftover shallots like diced up and made some burgers for us this weekend along with some duck fat potatoes oh the best 
They will change your life. And a lot of my clients know how delicious these are. And others are like, wait, duck fat? What? It is, it takes your potatoes, your roasted potatoes, your fries to a whole new level. So we didn't have any buns, but we had a ton of condiments. And he also made a fancy sauce. (laughs) It felt like what a Whopper wanted to be, (laughs) but with um, less mayo. Because growing Mm -hmm. up, I felt like they used like a quarter cup of mayo on those. Um, And so he made burgers, some duck fat potatoes this weekend. And we've been going through some of our duck fat and just doing roasted potatoes with our side and use some beef from one of my favorite local farmers. Happy animals do it best. It just tasted so good. So we've been doing that and also making kind of a spin on pad thai as well. There's a brand called Yai's Thai, I think. And they also have some really delicious sauces. So ideally I'd like to make my own, but sometimes semi-homemade is best so just kind of dump that into our um, dish and we had bok choy with it some grated carrots that we sauteed up and some delicious mushrooms as well as i love their relish they have a spicy relish as we go into grilling season Mm. check this out i've been able to find it locally but also on thrive market as well so yummy just the right amount of spice sometimes you catch like a surprise pepper in there (laughs) But love Yai's Thai. Yai's Thai relish. <laughs> Yum, that sounds good. We've been doing a lot of actually beef fat potatoes, like tallow. I've been just keeping a tub of tallow lately. And those, just that beef fat on those potatoes, like mer, 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 mer. Um, so that's been good. And then we are consuming on the media end of things I honestly like we haven't recorded in so long and I have since watched so many movies that I don't even know where to begin my brain is like exploding um especially with Oscar season I know I told Diane I feel like we need to do like an Oscar breakdown episode but she told me that she didn't watch enough of the movies for it to be worth your while so (laughs) maybe I'll record that in shows okay (laughs) maybe I'll record that separately with Donnie (laughs) but let me think what should I share Promising Young Woman. Did you see it? That's a Netflix one, right? Is that a stressy, depressy movie? Because I think I added to my queue, but I wasn't ready to be stressed out. It is a little stressy, depressy. It is about, it is a very, very unique take on like sexual assault and what surrounds that and the silencing of women and kind of like, I don't want to give too much away if you didn't see it, but I will say that the director also directed season two of Killing Eve, which did you watch Killing Eve? I did not. Okay, so it's a vibe for sure. <laughs> um, it's a very, very unique style. It's like kind of playful but dark. And these, the leads in both of Promising Young Woman and Killing Eve do that so well, like that sort of arrested development like childish playfulness but it's super dark and vengeful um so yeah I really enjoyed it I thought it was an incredible take on that conversation and a little stressy depressy but again (laughs) that style is just playful so it's kind of masked (laughs) the the stressy depressy is masked with fun (laughs) well maybe I'll cue that up and have something light afterwards because I've been more in that vein and we've been I mean this show is just so I don't think you've watched this one 
BoJack Horseman oh, I, on Netflix. So we've watched a few episodes and I know I love it, but haven't like watched it enough, you know? I know. It's one that Neil got me into and we've mentioned in past episodes having a movie chore where we're kind of multitasking while we're watching something, but I've actually started sitting down and watching it and it is so clever. There are a mm-hmm. lot of things that you could miss and they're just has a quite a good lineup in the way of the cast. Um, Will Arnett is the main character, but I love it. We, of course, just watched one of the episodes with Pickles the Pug. Wait. <laughs> the main character is dating. I was telling you, so we watched The Mitchells vs. The Machines this weekend, and so it's an animated film. The lead is, I guess she's a lead. Yeah, she's the lead, is Abby Jacobs from, from Broad, City. Broad City. Yeah, so she plays, love. like, the, she, her voice is so perfect for, like, a teenage animated character it's really great but again sneaky depressy this movie just like took it's like wally right and yeah it's concept a little mm-hmm. bit yeah like the machines Maybe. take over but it's more about family than anything and i just was not prepared to be up in my eyeballs like that it just like donnie and i were both like weeping on the couch it stabbed <laughs> us in the heart it was it's like you know father daughter stuff and woof so anyways but the well, speaking of wolf, though, you brought up, I think, because there is a pug yeah. in the movie, and it is voiced, whatever you want to call it, by Doug the Pug. Different. Funny enough, sometimes people are like, wait, is your pug Doug the Pug? I like to think so, but I think we're like a year or two late yeah. on that one. Yeah, so the pug is hilarious <laughs> and kind of the hero of the movie, but there's a really good bit. He should be. Yeah, there's a good bit about the pug that I want you to see. I don't want to ruin it, but... It's it's silly. <laughs> Before we move on, speaking of movies, because yes, we have both watched so many. I'm looking at my bullet journal. <laughs> I list out good movies that I've seen. Urban Cowboy with um, Idris Elba is in. He's in that movie. Love him. Yeah. Also saw The White Tiger, which I think is based on a novel. That was a really good movie as well, and has a happy ending. I think sort of. I won't ruin it for you. And finally, Jungle, which Harry Potter. <laughs> excuse me, Daniel Radcliffe and Robert Pattinson have been really busy the last few years making all kinds of films. Wait, and did I tell I, you about that Daniel Radcliffe movie that was delightful that we watched? Well, this one wasn't delightful, so oh. it was probably a different one. Yeah. <laughs> we watched, um, oh my God, what's it called? It has two titles, so that's why I'm confusing it. Like the F word was one of the titles, but then they retitled it and I'm forgetting what it's called. Uh, 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 Diane, look it up. Um, anyways, so it's Daniel Radcliffe, but more specifically, we watched it because of my dear love, Adam Driver, who, if he is in anything, I will watch it and I will just laugh my ass off because I think he is the most brilliant comedic actor of our generation. But I did watch that movie. Yeah, that was a fun, like, if you're looking for an old school romantic comedy that just, like, makes you feel good. What if? What if? That's what it's called. Okay. It's called What If? Just delightful rom-com with one of the funniest scenes like adam driver's line yes <laughs> oh my yes, god yes add that to your queue it's from i think 2013 it looks like that was excellent um but so too was this one called jungle i did not know that this is based on a true story but basically daniel radcliffe goes into the jungle he's looking for gold i don't know but he's going out <laughs> with a couple of friends and he gets lost Bum, bum, and bum. you follow him throughout the movie and what happens is he gonna make it out i don't know but it's based based on a true story and it's really quite incredible and afterwards after watching the movie i looked up the true story 
and the actual story was really quite intense and it, had they put everything from this man's story into the movie you wouldn't have believed it because of all these wild things that happened to him so daniel radcliffe props for moving past harry potter in that major role but love both of those films what if and jungle yeah who knew i was such a daniel radcliffe fan um <laughs> okay harry potter harry potter we need to get into the meat of this episode because i could go all day about the three thousand movies that i've seen <laughs> since our last recording it's unfair yeah. it's unfair to our listeners it is unfair to me yeah let's get into the meat and potatoes let's do that the duck fat potatoes so here is just like a little overview of how this episode's going to go down. This is not a deep dive on topical skincare and everything that you got to do to fix your acne, eczema, psoriasis, keratosis, polaris, the whole gang. Um, that is not what this is. We do have friends that we love dearly. Um, should I give Jenny a little shout out? Jenny B. Yeah, so our friend Genevieve, Jenny B. Beauty on Instagram is an incredible esthetician and makeup artist, and she is well-versed mm-hmm. in safer skincare. Um, and she does online virtual consults. Yes. Online consults as well. So that is where I would send people for their topical questions. On today's episode, we are diving into how to, a little bit of our stories, and how to support your internal environment for optimal skin outcomes. And so, again, if this is new information to you, you might feel resistance or confusion. If you are in the field of dermatology or anything like that, there might be some confusion for you because the first time I heard that the inside of my body was connected to the outside of my body, it took me a while to wrap my head around it. So I will say, like always, show up with an open mind and an open heart to this conversation. We are just here to provide Everything that we have learned from our own experiences, from client experiences, from the deep dives that we have done on human physiology and nutrition and gut health, and really teach you how to best support that clear, glowy skin that you are looking for, whether that is on your face, on your scalp, on your arms. Um, Yes, there is a field of dermatology, and it does view all of these conditions as separate, but we know that at the root, it all comes down to your metabolic health, to your thyroid health, to your gut health. And so we can make progress in a lot of these areas. And not to say that topicals don't help. Topicals are important as well. However, yes, necessary. Yes. If, if these things are not in place, you will just be a revolving door with your dermatologist in and out, getting this cream, getting that cream, because this needs to be the foundation before any of those topicals can really support you long-term. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And as we cover in all of our episodes and in our approach with clients is we encourage you to come away from thinking of yourself as just these separate parts. That is the conventional model which can help in some scenarios, right? But we want for you to see how everything is interconnected and things don't just happen in a vacuum. So if you are someone who struggles with skin conditions, like Adina was just describing, there's so much benefit to supporting your foundations so that you have this better outcome and you're not trying to skincare out or laser out a poor lifestyle or other habits that are otherwise um, hampering your results. Yeah, 
I mean, take it from us. Like we were in and out of dermatologist office. You were working at a med spa. Like we've tried all the products, all the things. And if that is your only approach, that is the only tool in your toolbox, you will be continuously trying all the things forever. So Diane, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history, your skin story, as it were, and kind of what you learned along the way, maybe some mistakes you made along the way, just a little bit about what that was like for you and where you are now. Yes, I may have mentioned this in one of our intro episodes. So growing up, I had what I described as cranky skin. Through high school, I went to the dermatologist's office often and would just aggressively dry out my skin. I had painful breakouts, what I call undergrounders, the kind that (laughs) hang out for a couple of weeks or more. And with my skin tone, they would also leave behind some of that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So I felt like I had this reminder of some of my past skin issues. And it really, especially earlier in life, in high school, early college, could suck the wind out of my sails because I felt like I was doing everything right. I was going to the dermatologist and using products that I thought were very supportive of my skin health only to feel like I wasn't really getting anywhere. Now, my first job, my first big girl job after college, after undergrad was working at a plastic surgery office, a professional med spa where we had medically directed skincare and amazing products, treatments, and all of that. And one of my favorite perks at the time was all of the treatments and products that I had access to because I worked there. And my skin did improve for some time there. I used some incredible products, some I still love to this day. And so it worked for a while until around, I'd say, 2014, 2015, Things started to change. I would notice some breakouts returning more frequently. And despite using these products that I had known and loved and had great success with, so I wondered what was amiss. And flash forward a few years later, when I was working in the ad agency, I was just feeling kind of stumped. And I covered kind of some of my journey of how I came to be a nutritional therapy practitioner. But one of the main reasons that I chose to do that was because of how I noticed my skin change and shift for the better when the only variables that changed were things in my food and my lifestyle. I absolutely still love high quality skincare. I believe that it is a necessary piece, that topical piece, but I think that it is much more effective alongside managing that internal environment. And so as I did things like elimination diet the first time and worked with a nutrition professional, noticed that my skin was more glowy, that my healing time for breakouts was a lot shorter, and that the integrity of my skin just seemed different. Um, I noticed that the glow kind of lasted a little bit longer or that my skin just seemed more resilient, less dull. And so that just was such a game changer. I know it can seem, all right, it's vanity, it's just skin. But if you've struggled with things like recurring breakouts, hormonal acne for years, you know just how much better it feels when you can see the results of your work and much faster. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was really, really helpful. And so you touched a little bit on elimination diets And I know we'll get into this later on in the episode, but can you, I know myself included and so many of the people I work with, we create these stories 
around certain foods, especially if cutting them out helped us get to a better place with our skin. So can you share a little bit about that in relationship to your journey and if you have any thoughts around that? Yes, I love that. So I, this is several years ago now, I also alongside recurring breakouts and and what I call cranky skin, I did not tolerate dairy very well. And I had heard, okay, dairy needs to come out in order for your skin to heal and it just kind of has to stay out. And I thought, okay, no problem because my gut does not like dairy either. (laughs) I definitely would not have been able to enjoy ice cream without consequences. So I thought, all right, it just has to stay (laughs) out. Consequences. What a cute way to refer to that. Yes. And by consequences, I mean blowouts. (laughs) I mean, we're like five episodes in now. We're friends here. Um, So yeah, I I thought I just have to keep dairy out in order to maintain my skin health, my skin results. And at the time, I didn't feel like I was lacking anything there. But I thought, okay, sometimes I just want to have some delicious cheese and ice cream. But I tabled that for some time thinking that that's what I needed to do to keep my skin healthy. Mm -hmm. But since that first elimination diet and additional exploration, experimentation with myself, and the more that I learned about the gut and how my metabolism works, I was able to successfully reintroduce dairy, particularly very high quality dairy in the past couple of years. I mean, this past year I have been able to, or two years have been able to bring in cheese cheddar some sharp cheddar i'm team sharp cheddar (laughs) some parmesan on my pasta um ice cream ice cream is definitely one that i did not think that i would be bringing back with this success and even whole milk and cream as well i mean if you had told me five six years ago that this would be part of my normal routine and that i would enjoy it without feeling gassy bloated crampy or without breaking out I probably would not have believed you, but my skin is in a really healthy place now. Yeah, that has been my experience as well. I'm going to get a little, I'm going to give you a a bit more on my story there too, but I was scared of dairy and I really thought that it flared my eczema. And you know what? Ice cream is interesting too, right? Because that means sugar as well. And I'm sure we've all Mm -hmm. heard stories about sugar and our skin. So there's a lot to break down there, but In my story, eczema was like my main plague uh, as far as skin goes. I did also struggle with keratosis polaris, those like little chicken skins on your upper arm. But I didn't give much thought to that because like it didn't hurt. And I was so Mm -hmm. used to it because I've had that since I was little that I didn't I wasn't really concerned with making progress there. Uh, But I did notice that in The last few months since dairy has been a major part of my diet, which we will talk more about. Again, we're going to do an entire episode on dairy coming soon. I noticed that my keratosis polaris is much better too, which is so awesome. Again, like we said, all of this is connected and the things that we do to support better metabolic health, better gut health, better hormone balance, they impact the skin on our face, the skin on our arms, the skin on our whole body. So it is all connected. But for those of you that don't know my story, I have struggled with eczema my whole life. Like I've always, it's always kind of been a thing, usually in those elbow pits and knee pits. Um, Wait, also, 
Wait, I've never heard knee pits before, but that makes so much sense. I mean, it's actually a medical term. Yes, that's that's the medical term for the back of your knee. Um, <laughs> what are my stereotypes about doctors? <laughs> um, so anyways, I had struggled with that kind of on and off my whole life. And then in college, under my armpits, and then just itchy, just red and itchy, you know? And then when I started... Okay, so it was when I got engaged, and so I first thought, like, oh, I must be allergic to my engagement ring. Um, I started to get this little rash on my fingers, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and it would ebb and flow. Like, sometimes it would be worse, sometimes it would be a little better, but... Seasonally, would it flare for you? It was tough to say. It really wasn't linear. Like, I think that sometimes the heat would make it worse, sometimes the cold would make it worse. Like, it was so temperamental, and it was... What I self-diagnosed myself with dishydrotic dishydrotic eczema, whatever you want to call it, but that's like when there's those little bubbles and it's itchy and it cracks and it gets really dry. Anyways, it was torture to say the least. I would wake up in the middle of the night and want to rip my fingers off of my hands and they looked like little lizards. It was just, oh. yeah, it was, it was torture. It was really, really torture um, and it got so bad when I, so when I was pregnant with Abe, my son, who's now a year and a half, I had this crazy flare on my face. Like I, I, I remember that literally hid in my home for a week. It was so hot and itchy. And I like remember crying on the couch and begging Donnie to come home from work because I couldn't focus on Minnie. Like I couldn't listen to her talk because I was so distracted by the furnace on my face. Uh, so that was terrible. And anyways, throughout this whole journey, I was in and out of dermatologist's office. I would get a steroid cream. It would work for two weeks. Then it would dry me out too much. And I'd have to go back and get another cream. And it was just, if you know that. Right, just come back later. Yeah. Like, if you know that eczema life, like, you know that eczema life. You know, it just flares at the worst times, obviously, because there's a stress component. But it really, really took over my life. It got to a point where I was not sleeping. I was so distracted by how itchy my hands were. I was still trying to run my nutrition business. This was very recent. So I was feeling all sorts of imposter syndrome around, I am helping these other people, but I know this has to do with my nutrition. I just can't crack the case on it. I can't figure out how to better support my body. And so at that time was when I really dove in with a more intensive gut healing protocol. And like I did a food sensitivity test and did an elimination diet. And again, that doesn't need to be the case for everyone. I think since that experience in the last year or so, I have kind of shifted my perspective around whether or not everyone needs that. And yes, you know, I know Diane and I talk about this all the time. Um, so Had I known a few years ago or when I first did that elimination diet, I think things would have looked a lot differently and perhaps would have gone faster. Yeah. Had I known what I do now. Yeah. Which is why we do the work that we do. We take our years of experience, years of failures, work with clients, and we condense it down so that we can give you the best information that will support you to get those results the quickest. Um, and again, mm -hmm. everyone's healing timeline is going to look completely different. But this was my experience. And after that, thankfully, through you know functionally supporting my digestion, through better supporting my metabolism, through working through that protocol, I really found peace with my hands. And they just kept getting better and better and better. And now I don't even think about it, which is so crazy if you had told me 
like over a year ago that this would be a non-issue for me so soon I really wouldn't have believed you but again like I had so much fear around dairy because I was like I cut out dairy and things started to get better in that time period but now that I have been able to successfully reintroduce dairy I actually feel like things have reached a new level of better like my my skin on my hands is just so clear and it's so hydrated like even while everyone I knew without or quote unquote without these gut issues um was struggling with really dry hands this winter my hands didn't even dry out once this winter which is so crazy with people using hand sani or Mm. washing them a lot perhaps even if they don't struggle with eczema yeah totally so to not even have a touch of dry skin and I really feel like the including that high quality dairy on a more regular basis now that I am able to tolerate it so with that caveat there is some work that a lot of us need to do to be able to reintroduce dairy successfully again I think I'm like bleeding into our dairy episode a little bit I (laughs) I can't wait to talk about it Oh, me too. It's such a game changer. And you said something I wanted to spend a moment on for a second, and that is that you don't even think about it now. Because something I mention or I talk about with my clients often is we acclimate to wellness pretty quickly. And that used to be something that was all consuming, right? Like, I just don't, I just want this to go away. And now it has. And maybe if you pause and reflect, you're like, wait, I haven't had to wake up in the middle of the night or try to extinguish this fire on my hands or on my face for me it was I'm not waking up anymore and first feeling my face Mm. to see if I have a new undergrounder that's going to stick around for a few weeks or something that's painful should I touch my face and that's just such a game changer and so too with dairy I didn't think that I would get to a place where I could have dairy without those consequences. (laughs) You guys know what consequences means now. (laughs) Yes. Asterisk, farting, gas, bloating, (laughs) trips to the secret office, blowout bathroom, (laughs) things like that. So that has just opened up so much more my life to myself. I know there are, are so many bigger issues, right? But again, if you've struggled with skin stuff or not being able to enjoy dairy and other foods because you have a one-sided relationship with it we just want to share this to show you that there are ways that you can change your situation yeah i love that i love because for for you if you are listening to this and you are thinking like i can't even imagine being there like i'm so here i can't imagine being there we just want you to know like we really really struggled and we want you to know what is possible on the other side of it Remember that your timeline for reintroducing foods like high-quality dairy can vary. Ooh, I'm a poet. (laughs) I didn't know it. But I've noticed some clients, it may take a few months, six months, others longer. It depends on your terrain, your background, perhaps to what your ancestors ate. So if you come from a background where plenty of dairy was included, you might have might be able to reintroduce dairy with more success faster than someone who did not historically have that in their diet. So bear that in mind that there is no perfect timeline. Do this for eight weeks and you're done. And remember, the healing work is ongoing and it's not linear. Yeah. Yeah. And remember that it also depends on how long you kept dairy out of your diet for because... 
again, I always talk about this on the strength training side of things, but it really is true of digestive capacity as well. If you don't use it, you lose it. Our body is just trying to keep us alive. Everything is based on survival. So extra functions that we don't need for survival will get downregulated if you don't utilize them. So oftentimes when we keep dairy out of our diet for so long because we read that paleo is the best diet ever we need to eat an ancestral paleo diet and that did not include dairy if you have been following a template that like that for so long your body will actually downregulate the enzymes necessary to break down the dairy and so reintroducing it you will need your body to build up that capacity again to even make that enzyme to help you break down dairy so that's a piece too that we really need to be aware of Yes, but let's say that you removed some of these foods for some time, but you still have skin issues. So what are some other things that we want to consider instead of just removing dairy and then hoping for the best when you bring it back, right? So let's start first with talking about the gut, your gut health and metabolism and how to further support that. Yeah, we're always talking about this, that internal environment, that internal terrain is what is going to make it possible to utilize the nutrients. And again, when that environment, that terrain, that digestive capacity is not on lock, that is when food seems to be a problem. That is when we develop food sensitivities. That is when we poorly digest food. That is when we start to make these connections where we think, oh, the dairy is making me break out. Oh, the sugar is making me break out. But really, we need to ask the question, how is your body breaking down these foods, utilizing these nutrients? Is there something going on with the digestive capacity, with the gut health, with the metabolism, with that internal environment, that internal terrain that is making you bad at using those foods? And it is causing reactions and irritations and skin flares and things like that. So let's talk a little bit about how we are going to support that internal environment for better skin health. One of the biggest things that we notice is missing from a lot of other approaches when people are doing elimination diets or perhaps trying to challenge or to reintroduce dairy again is that there wasn't this focus on functional support. And a moment ago, Adina was talking about if you don't use it, you lose it, right? And in order to break down things like dairy, you need to have lactase, those enzymes that are going to break down lactose the sugar in milk everyone's heard of lactose intolerance right that is what we see most often when people don't tolerate dairy and that's more of a low function issue than it is an immune driven issue and what sets the stage for that chronic irritation whether that is physical stress mental emotional a combination perhaps of all the above and over time that wears away at your resources that would make it possible for you to break down, digest, absorb, and to tolerate foods like dairy. So what we like to do in nutritional therapy is to focus on replenishing your resources, focusing on functional support, while perhaps in that healing phase, also removing those foods for some time. But what we don't want to do is just do a symptom suppressive diet where you are removing these foods that are irritating for you right now, and then reintroduce them without any of that work done. Is there anything you want to add there, Yeah, Yeah, I think so. 
practical takeaway here is, again, if dairy is a really big issue for you, if there are foods that really you can pinpoint, this food gives me a lot of digestive distress or this food gives me an immediate immune reaction. And again, we talked earlier about food sensitivity testing, and we do utilize that with some of our clients. I don't want it to seem like we never think it's appropriate. I think oftentimes with skin issues specifically, if you are in an extreme flare and everything is itchy and everything is red and we just can't get it to calm down, sometimes testing those food sensitivities can be helpful because it can be helpful for us to see like what is causing this immediate immune reaction because those reactions can sometimes happen, you know, 72 hours later. So it's hard to kind of pin down exactly what's going on there. But utilizing something like a quality food sensitivity test or just doing an elimination diet to sort of just calm things down, calm that immune system down while we get in there and do some of that gut healing work can be really beneficial. And then making sure that once we remove those foods, like Diane said, we're actually doing the gut healing work. So for targeted functional support and supplementation, we do recommend working with a practitioner because it can be so individual and there's a lot of stuff going on there. But if you are listening to this and you're wondering, where do I even get started with my gut health? Something that I love to point clients to, I know Diane, you do as well because it is so easy, it is so ancestral. And again, it may not seem easy if this is not something that has been part of your routine, but incorporating bone broth on a more regular basis. And it is trendy now, I'm sure you've heard of it, but bone broth made correctly, so tons of gelatinous bones steeped in water. You know, you can add some herbs or other vegetables to that for some other mineral content scraps like saving them Mm -hmm. yeah I like to make it in my instant pot just because it's super quick I'm sure that is not how my great-grandmother made it but (laughs) I love using things like knuckle bones because they're super gelatinous chicken feet what do we mean by gelatinous bones so Adina just said knuckle bones so these can be beef bones chicken bones you could do a blend if you like I like getting a bag of chicken feet from a local farmer And this might seem so foreign or kind of macabre for some people, perhaps, but it is a way to honor the whole animal. And this is what traditional cultures have done across the world. And it Mm -hmm. is to their health benefit and to honoring that animal's life as well. Yeah. And, you know, I have my Jewish Eastern European background and chicken soup is called the Jewish penicillin. And I am sure that they were not talking about some consomme powder in water. This was a gelatinous bone broth that you took out of the fridge and it is jiggly wiggly like jello. And what that does is besides for that incredible mineral content, which is so important and we'll talk more about minerals, but that gelatinous nature, that structure, that collagen and gelatin, that coats your gut lining and really helps to repair that lining which can calm a lot of these food sensitivities and immune responses because those responses are happening when the integrity of our gut lining is irritated so this is like the starter kit the easiest way to start supporting that gut health and again you can use things like gelatin powder or collagen powder as well those are also going to be really supportive but that is certainly where i would get started and something else here i like to know is that if you see brands in the store that say bone broth on the inner aisles of your grocery store chances are they might be shit garbage unless you are going for a brand that uses pasture raised bones so this will often be found in a refrigerated freezer section if you are visiting your local butcher that's where they will usually keep it 
their stock, their pastured bone broth. But in the aisles of the grocery store, just beware some brands that are trying to hop on this trend. And I say trend loosely because like we just said, this has been a healing food, healing beverage for hundreds, thousands of years. <laughs> and so just look at the sourcing of where it's from. You want to choose the best quality that you can in your unique budget and sip on it. If you don't like doing that, see where you can add this into your routine for cooking, for deglazing your pans, stew, soups, all that good stuff. Yeah, and actually I do think it's important to mention here too, if you are in the throes of a itchy skin issue, there is a big histamine component that's going to be there. And sometimes the histamine load of something like bone broth can be too much for someone that is currently overloaded with some histamine. So if you are really not tolerating bone broth well or gelatin or collagen well and you feel like it just makes you itchier, that's a case where I would certainly try to work with a practitioner because there is going to be a little bit more nuance there with how we handle that histamine load. That's a great distinction. Thanks for adding that in. So we love bone broth even through the, the summer, but like Adina was saying, gelatin and collagen rich foods, other places for that. So you may have heard of ways to add in gelatin. We can definitely talk about that in upcoming episodes, but adding something in like this can really help soothe your gut, especially the small intestine. That is that really absorptive stretch of your gut lining. And remember that most of your immune system is in your gut and its first job is to keep you alive live. So that's where things like normative foods. So we've talked a lot about dairy, but certainly could be other things, perhaps for some, even like certain vegetables. They're like, I like this veggie. Why doesn't it like me back? Why do I experience this flare, right? Your immune system is perhaps on overdrive because it is trying to protect you. But instead of just chasing down things like food sensitivity tests alone, what we want to do is back up and think why, what set the stage for this irritation to happen, this stress, and how can we support the root cause of that, supporting that function and that healing? Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm sure this, if this is the first time you're hearing any of this information, you are probably craving more. So I'm thinking that we will probably have to do an entire episode on digestion. But I do want to touch on another aspect that's extremely important for dealing with skin issues, and that is liver health. Your liver carries out so many functions in your body, and we kind of touched on this a little bit when we talked about juice cleanses in a previous episode, so definitely listen to that, but our liver can get extremely overburdened. She does the most. She is doing the most, and she really does so many functions in the body, so, so many functions, and there are so many ways that our modern environment overburdens our liver using toxic personal care products, Again, our environment itself is super estrogenic. It is loaded with harmful, potentially harmful chemicals. So we're really asking our liver to just do so much, which oftentimes can just overburden the liver and make it difficult for it to clear toxins, clear hormones, and these things that are flaring our skin issues. You know, we mentioned just a moment ago about histamine, and there is a big histamine estrogen connection so if you notice that during the first half of your cycle your skin issues get way worse or if you haven't noticed that and now i've kind of like sparked something for you to pay attention to that that might be because your liver is really overburdened and really struggling to clear that estrogen and that buildup of estrogen is impacting that histamine load so there's so many factors here but definitely if you are struggling with your skin that liver 
needs some loving. Yes. And so what are you to do, right? Perhaps you're feeling overwhelmed listening to this and what I hear mainstream or I don't even want to say mainstream, but perhaps in some of the holistic community is to do a liver cleanse, a juice cleanse, which if you listen to one of our past episodes, you know, we're not about that. Your liver does do the most and you do not need to detox, do a liver specific detox necessarily. But what can we do is support it in doing its job. So some practical things that you could do is audit your routine. If you use a lot of fragrances or conventional products, making some swaps there, limiting the amount of refined sugars, processed sweeteners and things that are going to add to that load, assessing the role of alcohol in your life. Perhaps that's a Mm -hmm. big one because alcohol is a toxin And let's say there are a bunch of things in line to be processed. I'm thinking of like a queue or a line at a store. You got hormones, you've got sugar, everyone's all waiting, right? And then alcohol swings in and cuts to the front of that line. And so your liver is going to deal with that first, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like if you are drinking alcohol, your liver is like, oh crap everything else we got to do just shut that down for today we got to deal with this alcohol over here so that is always going to be the priority so make sure that if you are really trying to heal your skin you are considering the role of alcohol and the role that alcohol is playing in that liver overburden give her less things to deal with other things that you can also do to support yourself is some gentle detoxification support so making sure that you are pooping every day. That's another detox pathway. And your liver is going to package up things like your sex hormones for elimination, making sure you're getting movement where you are sweating. And we've talked about that. We definitely will be talking about ways to move your body in a healthy way in future episodes. Anything else you want to add here, Adina? Yeah, I think we also need to consider the nutrients that the liver needs to do its job. And so quality animal protein, like quality sourced animal protein and specifically vitamin A. And when we say vitamin A, that is not referring to carrots. I know everyone like, I mean, carrots can be helpful for other reasons. Yeah, but people think they're getting their vitamin A from carrots when actually that is beta carotene and our body does not convert that very well into vitamin A. And so that vitamin A that is so supportive of liver health and so supportive of skin health, again, because of liver health too, is found in things like liver, like chicken liver, beef liver, and again, from quality sources. And if you don't tolerate those things, you can do like a desiccated liver capsule. But getting that in regularly, getting that vitamin A regularly from that quality animal protein, from those organ meats. And again, this is why I love dairy so much. I really think that when you can tolerate dairy, the nutrients in dairy that we really can't find in other foods are that game changer for skin health. I really think this is what in recent months has just made such a difference for my keratosis pilaris because I am going ham on dairy (laughs) because now that I can tolerate it, my body is craving it and it is doing wonders for my skin. Butter is important to us. Butter (laughs) is important to me. That's perhaps my, I don't know, butter or cheese if you had to choose one. Oh my God, stop it. <laughs> probably butter, ah, uh, probably butter just because I use it for everything yeah, else can't really as well. Everything with cheese. I mean, you could try. Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's a wrap on liver. Yeah, we could go deep there for sure. Yes. What else would you say are like the main players? We talked gut health. We talked metabolism a little bit. We can sh- certainly 
give a little more there. But liver health, I would be really mindful of that. And then overall stress load. We talked a little bit about it when it comes to the liver health, but your stress, like we said, impacts your digestion too. It impacts your metabolism. It impacts your thyroid function as well, which again, super interconnected with your metabolism, super important for skin health too. Your thyroid is responsible for making sure that your body is utilizing the nutrients from the food that you eat well, processing those, metabolizing those. So that's going to really come into play here. Also, there's that thyroid to gut connection, right? And Perhaps you're someone who has known thyroid issues. Maybe you're hypothyroid or have an autoimmune thyroid condition and you tend towards constipation. And if that is the case, then you're not able to eliminate things like estrogen. And so they recirculate. And what happens is you can experience things like PMS or other symptoms of estrogen dominance, breast tenderness, mood swings before your period drops. So we want to ensure that you are pooping every day. But if you're feeling overwhelmed about supporting your thyroid, supporting your liver, we in nutritional therapy like to work mouth to tail or top to bottom. So you are not overwhelmed and throwing a scatter shot out there. Some things need to be in place first. So that is why we would start with food, seeing where you can improve the quality of the food that you're eating because you have to eat every day anyway right and then next focusing on gut healing first yeah and then i would say again lowering that stress load is going to be super important so like diane was just saying how important thyroid function is for digestion actually like when you're saying make sure you're pooping every day that doesn't mean start taking marillax every day or up in that benefiber coffee (laughs) yes Yes, it means support the thyroid so that your digestion is no longer sluggish and your thyroid is actually supporting your body to clear that estrogen to get you pooping every day. So a really important piece there is your stress load because when our cortisol or stress hormone or survival hormone is high, it kind of plays this inverse relationship with our thyroid hormone. So your thyroid hormone your progesterone production, which is so important for skin health, those things will be down-regulated when that cortisol is too high. So one of the biggest things that you can do for your thyroid health, again, that's going to impact your liver health. That's going to impact your metabolism. That's going to impact your digestion. It's all connected. Everything we're sharing today, everything is so connected. So it's not like, oh, I have to tackle this gigantic list. A lot of the things that we're suggesting support all of these different functions so if you really focus on getting that stress down and again that is by removing really processed and irritating foods those artificial sweeteners those processed oils that is stressful right because we're talking about stress load not only in a physical sense but mental and emotional and environmental as well so there are a lot of things you don't have control over but in this functional medicine functional nutrition approach we want to consider all kinds of stressors and what do you have capacity to remove out of your using air quotes here your bucket to lighten that load on your body and support its ability to heal naturally yeah so again we talked last week about your fitness and if that is stressful to the body and if you listen to last episode and you were like what does my peloton have to do with my period and now you're listening to this episode and you're like what does my peloton have to do with my skin but it is super important if you are exposing yourself to too much stress in the gym we need to find that goldilocks amount of stress in the gym if you are just killing yourself into the ground for 55 minutes six days a week 
that cortisol load is way too high. It's going to shut down that thyroid function. It's going to shut down that progesterone function, which progesterone is our glowy skin hormone. It is our magical sleep hormone, and it's really important for opposing estrogen. So again, like we mentioned, estrogen histamine connection, that is flaring your skin issues, and we need progesterone to calm it down. We need thyroid. We need progesterone. These are important, and cortisol impacts our ability to produce those hormones. So really, really think about the role that stress is playing in your life. Think about the power of the word no, saying no to things that are just too much for your stress load. If healing your skin is really a priority for you and you just want to get out of that itchy life or that breakout life, you need to start saying no and you need to really evaluate the role of stress in your life and where you can either reduce stress, like take things out of the bucket, or increase your capacity to tolerate stress by, again, supporting yourself via quality, nutrient-dense foods, really restorative sleep, really, really deep nutrition. Yes, that sleep is one that can often fall by the wayside, especially with our clients who... And if you're in a stage of life, if you have littles, I know that it might be something that you just cannot control, right? But others who are all about never miss a Monday or getting in that morning workout, but at the expense of their resilience and their healing, that's something to think about. So maybe you're not yet at seven to eight hours, but can you start to move your your bedtime back a little bit each night and focus on that or do things to support your sleep environment? And as we're working on lowering stress, physically like managing your blood sugar you should be able to sleep more soundly too so this is how it's all interconnected it is a dance and so as far as some actionable takeaways as we round out this episode and reminders for you some things that we encourage you to do to help support healthy skin from within is where can you remove some of these inflammatory for you foods you might know what some of those are right now so again for our experiences and for that of many of our clients, maybe that's conventional dairy or lots of processed foods, packaged foods, right? How can you also look at your routine and see where you can add um, some more intentional rest and keep those boundaries with others and with yourself in service of lowering your stress load? Yeah. And like you said, inflammatory for you foods, I think we should also talk about inflammatory in general foods. So Let's look at those processed oils, those processed inflammatory oils. They are not doing your skin a favor. They are slowing down your metabolism. They are impacting your body's ability to use things like sugar. So if you're a person who feels like sugar just makes you feel like trash garbage and you feel like it breaks your skin out, let's ask, is it the processed fats that you are eating that are making your cells bad at using sugar? And when I say sugar, I mean carbs in general i mean honey maple syrup organic cane sugar yeah even fruit if you feel like trash when you eat fruits let's talk about what your cells are using that sugar for are they even able to recognize and use that sugar so i would say my big one is ditch processed inflammatory vegetable oils and fats as i like to call them (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i would work on replacing those with quality saturated fat. That is going to be the answer to your skin health. If anyone ever responds to any of my Instagram stories and tell me that my skin looks like it's glowing, I am just like, it's the butter. (laughs) Oh, we love butter. (laughs) Butter, please sponsor us. Yes, butter. 
butter if you're listening <laughs> if you're listening please sponsor us want that yellow yellow butter those yellow yolks from happy eggs mm. finally want to spend a moment here talking about hydration now you've heard drink your water yeah 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 but we want to go and take that a little bit further and see where we can add some quality sea salt aka minerals to your routine because that will equip you your body your liver your adrenals with the resources they need in order to help lower that stress load and to hold on to that hydration right so if you are someone who drinks filtered water reverse osmosis water things that we call dead water right they are devoid of minerals and electrolytes you need to hold on to that hydration that could be dehydrating you so Something that you could take away practically from this is to add a pinch of sea salt to your water. This is not like a teaspoon, a teaspoon or something where you're drinking ocean water by any means, but just a little pinch will do ya. Yeah, I was actually just talking to my Strong Foundations group this week about how like it sounds crazy, but our environment is just so devoid of minerals now and if you're a person who feels like you're drinking water all day long you're drinking the amount you're supposed to drink but you're just like peeing all day that is a sign that you are not absorbing and utilizing that water it could also be related to your metabolism which again minerals are going to improve so sea salt is important put that sea salt in your water and i was saying that when i first got started doing this i felt like my water tasted salty and now if i drink water without salt i'm like why it doesn't taste like anything. They're not yeah. rocks, they're minerals, Marie. <laughs> Any Breaking Bad fans out there, I think of that every time <laughs> talk about minerals. Love it, love it. All right, so hopefully that is some actionable steps for you. I know we went through a lot. Again, we will be going deeper on a lot of this stuff in some future episodes, but those are some actionable takeaways that you can incorporate right now to move your skin in a better direction. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Diane, what should we leave them with today? Stay hydrated, get some rest, and get your rotisserie chicken glow on. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got you glowing like that Costco rotisserie chicken. So thank you guys for listening. Again, we absolutely love when you share our episodes on your stories, when you tag us, when you show us that you're listening when you give us suggestions for episode topics, and when you leave us those five-star reviews. We love it. Love it. Leave us those reviews, ladies. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see you next bye. week. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks for listening to the GYST Podcast. As always, your ratings and reviews mean the world to us. If you enjoyed this episode, take a second, take a little screenshot, throw it up on your Instagram story and tag us so we can thank you properly for sharing this show with other women that it might help. See you next week. We love you. Bye.